Welcome to church. We're glad that you're here. North Star's a place where everybody's welcome. Nobody's perfect and anything is possible. If you believe that, give God a praise clap today. We exist as a church so that those that are far from God will draw near to him through the power, the transforming power of Jesus Christ. How many know that Jesus transforms, changes lives? Amen? Paul, Paul taught us in this book, this wonderful book of, of Ephesians, that uh, our life in Christ is not a makeover or a remodel job. Our life in Jesus Christ is life. It's from death to life. And so when a person gives their heart to the Lord Jesus, they're, they're passing from a life of death into life. In life eternal. Well, we welcome those that are at both of our campuses today. We welcome those who are joining us online, and we just went live a moment ago at the Tupelo campus. Make some noise for those guys over there. And then get your Bibles. Get your Bibles, because we're going to dig into chapter 6. This is our final week of this particular series. I may have to come back at a later date and do like part two or something because there's there's so much, uh, so many rich gems that are in the book of Ephesians. So I may come back and, at some later date and just hit some of the key passages in the book of Ephesians. I'm excited, not that the series is ending, but I'm excited about what next week uh, means for a believer. And we're going to have an awesome, awesome time at both of our campuses on Saturday evening and on Sunday, Easter Sunday. And so please invite, invite, invite as many people as you possibly can to uh, Easter weekend. I think I said it, but let me say it again. Invite, invite, invite. Are you feeling what I'm saying? Let's, let's fill the house at both of our campuses. Let's fill the house with people, all right? You invite them, I promise you, we're going to tell them about Jesus. So uh, do a good job and get people here uh, for Easter weekend. I'm also excited about the next week, which is Secret Church. That's going to be awesome as we listen to uh, David uh, Platt as he teaches us the Bible. Amen? He's going to teach us on the authority of the Scripture in a world that is skeptical. And so that's going to be incredible, incredible teaching uh, on that day, on that night. All right, we have looked at Ephesians. The first three chapters are more theological. They talk more about some healthy doctrine that we need in our lives. The last three chapters is more practical and it, it teaches us how we can take some, some, some ordinary, practical, everyday principles for an ordinary life and how God can use that to change us into an extraordinary life. And so today it's, it's, a, it's a great passage of Scripture. We're going to begin to read in Ephesians chapter 10. Uh, chapter 6, beginning with verse 10. Ephesians chapter 6, beginning with verse 10. 
These are, are Paul's words to these young Jesus followers. And he says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God. Notice that he, he repeats himself. Put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist with the breastplate of righteousness in place and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith, which you can uh, extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for the Lord's people. So, so what Paul was saying here is, uh, pr pray all the time. Be in a spirit of, of prayer when you're driving to the store, when you're going to work, when you're going to school. Then he says, uh, pray also for me that whenever I speak words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel. For I am an ambassador in change. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly uh, as I should. Now, what, what uh, we're going to dig into and unpack some of these, uh, these, uh, these scriptures, but I first wanted to go back to verse 10 because this like sets the tone to what he says. He says, finally, be strong in the Lord in the mighty power. Be strong in the Lord. Say that with me. Be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. What he's, what he's teaching us is how to live a life like Jesus, how to live a life of stability. How many know that they need stability in their walk? I know I do. I need consistency. I need stability. Uh, I need uh, faithfulness. So Paul, he sets the tone uh, to these believers, and he's uh, putting the emphasis on standing, uh, standing in the reality of what God has given to us. So if you're taking notes, this is, this is the, the first one I want you to write down. He says, be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord. What does it look like to be strong in the Lord? It means uh, getting into his word, and Paul, Paul uh, alludes to that in, in just a moment. Uh, it means um, uh, putting God first. Jesus said in Matthew 6, 33, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. So what does it look like to be strong in the Lord? Why do we need to be strong in the Lord? Well, the reason we need to be strong in the Lord is because he, he goes on to say in the next few verses, because we have an enemy. 
And the enemy doesn't like us. Uh, in fact, he despises us. Sometimes we have the propensity to measure um, or to let our lives be defined by the deeds that we do. But this is what I know. God wants us to live our lives. He wants our lives to, to be defined by what he did and is doing. Did you get that? God wants your life to be defined by what he did and is doing rather than what I can do. Now, he, he, when he says be strong in the Lord, uh, that, that, that doesn't take human ability and human um, uh, input out of it. We don't just like wake up in the morning and say, okay, uh, I'm, I'm going to be a moral, morally and ethically good person today. No, uh, he's, he's not saying don't do anything, but he's saying rely on what he has done and is doing in your life. So when you get up in the morning, say, God, help me to be strong in the Lord. Help me to, to live my life uh, not defined by what I have done, but, but, but defined based on what you have done and are doing. This is what I also know. Our lives are not defined by adding to what has been completed, but by receiving, responding, and resting in that reality. Now, that's a long one, so take your time. I want my life not based on what I do and, and what I think that I can add to the, the equation, but receiving from God, responding and resting in the reality of who God is. So to, to, as I live my life, as I try to be strong in the Lord, uh, I say, God, I can't do it. In fact, I say that every day. Uh, every time I stand on this stage, I say, God, all of you, none of me. I can't do it. You're going to have to do it. And so I'm resting. I'm claiming the promise of God. I'm claiming the, I'm receiving the help of God. I'm receiving the stability of God. And I'm, I'm resting and living in the reality that God is at work in my life. Are you getting that? Notice verse 11. He says, put on the full armor of God. Now, the word put on here, uh, he, he is saying, he says it twice, but put on the whole armor of God. It's the same, um, it's like stepping into or sinking into a garment, all right? Put on, sink into, it's the same uh, uh, word that Jesus used in Luke 24 when he told his disciples, uh, stay here, stay here in Jerusalem, and until you are clothed from on high. And he was talking about the Holy Spirit. Stay here and wait until you are clothed from on high. It's the same word, put on. Put on the whole uh, armor of God. Why? Can I just teach for a few minutes? Well, what's the alternative? <laughs> Are you going to listen? Let, let me just teach for a moment. He says, put on the full armor of God. Why? So you can take your stand against the evil, the devil's schemes. So th th that, that leads to the next one. And that is uh, not only stand, 
but put on the whole armor of God. And so we're to, just like we're clothed uh, in righteousness, we're clothed from uh, his presence, we're to, every day, we're to put on this armor. Now the problem, uh, church, is many times we get up, we get busy, we get distracted, we don't read the Bible, we don't pray, we, we, we realize that we've made it through the day without even talking to God, the Creator. Or we make it through the day and we realize that we haven't even gotten in His Word. His Word is, is it's, it's, uh, God's love story. It's God's love letter to us. And we realize, wow, have you ever done that? Have you ever? I have. I've gone through the day and I realize, you know, I have not, I, I've not gotten into the Word like I should have today. Or, or a week goes by and I realize, you know, my prayer life could, could, uh, do, could have some improvement. And so, too often, what we as believers find ourselves doing is, is we, we go out into, the, into culture, we go out into the workplace, and, and we're unprepared. We, we wonder why uh, it, felt, it feels like Satan is really coming at us. He's coming at us because we're not properly uh, armed. We don't proper, properly have the armor of God. So he says, put on the whole armor of God. Notice verse, uh, uh, he says that in verse 11. Now this is what I know. He wants us to receive, write this in your notes, he wants us to receive, believe, and trust in what he has done for us. What has he done for us? Well, uh, we don't just celebrate this on Easter Sunday, but he went to the cross and he, he paid the ultimate penalty for our sins. We don't deserve heaven. We don't deserve forgiveness. We don't des- deserve abundant life. But he has blessed us. He has gifted us. He has given us his grace. Grace is God's riches at Christ's expense. And while we don't deserve it, we, we receive it, we trust it. So what he wants is for us to receive, believe, and trust what he has done for us. Amen? Verse 12, he says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So this tells us who our enemy is. Our enemy, if you're taking notes, our enemy is the devil. Your enemy is not your boss. It's not the election. It's not what, what somebody's saying about you. And it's, it's helpful to know that I'm wrestling. I, I, look, uh, in the first nine verses, Paul, in Ephesians 6, he deals with all kinds of relationships. He deals with the husband. He says, husband, love your wives, even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. Uh, he talks about children. He talks about wives. He talks about bosses. He talks about employees. You, you can read it later. But hang with me, but I, I've got a reason for telling you this. And he deals with every kind of relationship in those first nine verses. Then... He says, be strong in the Lord. So you've got all of these relationships going on, but I'm telling you, that's not your enemy. And it's good to know when you're, it's good to remember that. When I'm sitting behind 
a woman or a man at a red light that has turned green and they're, they're still sitting there texting, I need to understand and be reminded that he or she is not my enemy. They are inspired, inspired by the devil. Not really, but, uh, I mean, can't we have fun in church? Uh, I'm wanting to give some facial expressions and, and hand clean hand motions. It's always clean with me. Then I, I had to remember if I had North Star sticker on my window. And, uh, but, but that's not my enemy, seriously. That's not my enemy. Your enemy is not your ex. Your, your enemy is not uh, the bill collector. We wrestle not with flesh and blood, but uh, uh, powers of darkness. That's our enemy. Now, uh, with God, we are victorious, right? Uh, he is the ultimate champion. He is the victorious. He conquered uh, sin on the cross, and he conquered death in his resurrection. Uh, the Bible says that, that, he, that on the third day, the, the stone was rolled away, not to let him out, but to let us in, right? And so in Christ, we're more than conquerors. You have nothing, this is what I know, you have nothing to fear because God has won this fight, and he is in control. I said, you have nothing to fear in this life. As dark as it may get, as stormy as your life situations will happen, you have nothing to fear because God has won this fight and he's in control. He's got this. He's got this. So he says in verse 13, he, he says it again. He says, therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you will be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything to stand, stand firm. <laughs> after you've done everything to stand, stand firm. Now, that, that's why a moment ago I was, I was trying to make a point that after you have done everything to stand, you have a responsibility. You say, well, uh, it seems like I, I'm in a valley. Well, you may be. Seems like I'm in a storm. Quite possible. Seems like things aren't going my way. It might be. But, but when Jesus encountered the devil in the wilderness, he had, he had, just, he had been fasting for 40 days and led by the Spirit into the, the wilderness. And every time Satan tried to attack or tried to tempt Jesus, Jesus did not give in to temptation. He said, yeah, but he's God. You're right. But he, he's given, he has given us the tools, right, that, that if we'll just listen to what the, what the Bible teaches us and do what the Bible says to do, uh, we can be successful, and we can uh, be victorious as well. So, what he does next, in the next few verses, he explains the armor. He explains the armor. 
So uh, in, in verse 14, he says, Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. Stand firm then with the belt of truth. Now, the, uh, the followers of Jesus in Ephesus, which is modern-day Turkey, uh, they were familiar with the armor that a Roman uh, soldier would wear. Now, the armor, uh, he would have a belt, and it's not so much like, you know, I know you're, you're trying to get this image in your mind, like medieval armor, and God wants us to dress up, and, and that's not what he's asking us to do, but if you do that, take a picture and send it to me. But that's not what he's saying. The, the people at Ephesus were familiar with, with the uh, Roman soldier's um, attire, and the belt was not like a belt you would wear. It's, it's more like a girdle. A girdle. And what they would do, I'm not going to go through the motions completely, but what they would do, they would, when they were, would prepare for battle, they would, um, they would take up their robe and loosen it up, and they would tuck it inside of that belt. They would tuck it inside of that girdle. What that did, it gave them the ability and the agility and the mobility. Those three rhyme. I like that. Ability, agility, and mobility. If you give me another minute, I'll come up with a fourth one. But uh, when they would tuck their, their robe in that belt, it gave them the availability. I'm full of it today. Uh, really, it would give them the, the freedom to, to move about and to fight. Jesus said, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall what? Say it. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. So what the armor of truth, the belt of truth, does what? It sets you free. It gives you the ability, the agility, the mobility to move about in the spiritual life like God wants you to live. So truth, wake up. Uh, and start your day putting on the belt of truth. Then, so that's the first one. The second one uh, is the same verse, verse 14. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your, your waist with the breastplate of righteousness in place. So the second one is, is righteousness. So when you sink into the armor, when you're clothed, by the armor, number one, the belt of truth. Number two is righteousness, the breastplate of righteousness. Now, what is righteousness? How do we obtain righteousness? Our righteousness, the Bible says, is as filthy rags, thus saith the Lord. So how can I be righteous? I can't be righteous on my own. I need the righteousness of God. And so I'm clothed in his righteousness. My righteousness is no good. But I am clothed in his righteousness. Are you, are you with me? And so as I start my day and I get into the armor in order to, to be a champion, to be victorious, 
to make the right decisions, to, to have patience, not to be angry, to be forgiving, to be loving, to be helpful. As I begin my day, I want, first of all, I need the truth of God in my life. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. It gives me freedom. It's available. But I need the breastplate of righteousness. I need for God to do for me what I cannot do for myself. And that is, look, I make a mess out of every day of my life without the help of God. I promise you. We, we all do. So we need him to do for us what we cannot do ourselves. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, uh, verse 21, it says that God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. It's because of what Jesus did. I can become, I can take on the righteousness of God. So on, on my bad day, by the way, it's not based on performance. My day today and my day tomorrow, it's not based on uh, my performance, but it's based on what God has did. I can't do it in my own strength. I can't even stand firm in my own strength. I need God's strength. I need the presence of God on my life so that I'm reminded that on my worst of days, on my bad days, when my heart uh, is telling me that, that I'm no good, when the enemy is telling me I'm no good, and that God doesn't like me, and because of that I get depressed, and because of that I get distracted, and because of that I get displaced and frustrated. So I have to stand, just like anybody else, I have to stand on the truth of God that I am covered by the breastplate of righteousness. And the Bible says that I can because of the finished work of Jesus Christ. Amen? The finished work of Jesus Christ. Let me read another passage. Uh, 1 John uh, chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3, verse 30. If our heart condemn us, we know that God is greater than our hearts. Now, the breastplate of righteousness covers what area? This area. And the center of our emotions, our hearts. If our hearts, if our heart condemns us, we know that God is greater than our hearts and he knows everything. Look at verse 21. He says, dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence, confidence before God. We can have confidence that he, that he loves us, even though he knows the mistakes that we're going to be making. Hmm, that's confidence. Whew, I have confidence in him that he loves me in spite of who I am, in spite of the decisions that I make in, this, in spite of when I go the wrong direction. He, he loved me then, he loves me now, 
and he loves me forever. Somebody, somebody better amen some of this, all right? He loves me then, he loves me now, and he loves me forever. So he gives me his righteousness, not based on what I have done or performance, but based on his love and his generosity and his righteousness. And then the third one. He says, uh, and your feet are fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Your feet are fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Now, a, a Roman soldier's shoes or boots had these uh, sharp spikes, nail-like spikes. Not to advance, you would think, you know, you could, you could kick somebody with that and it, it would do some damage. But that's not what the spikes were for. The, the, the spikes were to, when they got ready for battle and the enemy was approaching, they would take their, their boots and they would ram those spikes into the ground, which gave them what? Uh, uh, it, was, it was a good defense because uh, as the enemy tried to attack, it gave them better uh, footing, better footing. And so, he says, as you begin your day, put on the belt of truth, which gives you freedom. He says, uh, uh, take with you the breastplate, or put on the breastplate of righteousness. And that's, that comes from the righteousness of God. And then he says, do have the peace that passeth all understanding. So as I'm approaching a storm or I'm in a storm of life and I'm in a bad situation or a difficulty in my life, I put on the breastplate of righteousness, the, the belt of truth, and, and I have the peace of God that passeth all understanding. You can't, even, you can't even understand this peace, but God gives it to me. And so I put it on. Then he says in verse 16, in addition... To this, take the shield of faith which you can extinguish, use to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Now, the Roman shield was a very heavy shield. It was a good, um, it, uh, it protected them. But it was unique because it had a, a a thin layer of leather on the front of the shield. Many of the enemies would use flaming arrows when they would fight in battle. And what does a flaming arrow do? It will, it, it, well, it will, it will take you out, for one thing. But the soldier would take his shield and just before he went into battle, he would soak the leather so that when a flaming arrow hit it, what would happen to it? It would go out because it was nothing there to, to keep the, uh, the fire going. And so Paul is saying, in, in this life, as you put on the armor of God, put, you need the truth of God. We live in a, a world where, where many, where most don't believe in any absolute truth and they're hey 
God is real. That's absolute. The Word of God is, is His Word to us. Absolutely, positively correct. We need the, the breastplate of righteousness. We need the peace of God that helps us to endure the storms of life. And we need the shield of faith. And so when our enemy, the evil one, comes against us, firing all these fiery uh, arrows at us, I can stand on my faith in God and those arrows, devil, are not, are not going to do any damage to me. Because I stand on the Word of God and I stand by faith in Him. Then the next one in verse 17. Take the helmet, the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit which is the Word of God. The helmet of salvation. Uh, as I start my day, I'm putting on the truth of God. <laughs> I'm going to have His, I'm going to be, I am clothed in His righteousness. I have peace that can only come from Him. I have the shield of faith. But then I have the sword, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word. Now, that means i got to put on the Bible. If I'm going to put on the whole armor of God, that means I, I'm going to have to put this on. This is part of my, this is, I, this is the sword. This is how I'm going to make it. This gives me light. This gives me life. And it gives me light. It is, it is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. So when I do battle tomorrow, this afternoon, when you get up tomorrow, put on the whole armor of God. Not just some of it. Put on the whole armor. Why? So you may be able to stand. So I, I got I to get in this book. The helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So that's the, that's the last two. The helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit. But then notice. Notice how he closes this powerful letter. Then he says, and pray. Pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. But notice what he does next. He says, pray for me. I, that's something I don't do well. I pray for you. I don't do well saying, would you pray for me? But Paul did. He said, would you pray for me? That whenever I speak, words may be given me. Notice he didn't pray. He, did, he didn't say, look, guys, uh, pray that I get out of jail. <laughs> I mean, me, that's what I would be praying for. Dear Ephesus, 
pray that I get better food in prison. That's not what Paul does. He says, pray for me that I'll share the gospel. That whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Not, not pray that I, that I get out of jail or even that they would loosen the chains a little bit. He said, just pray that, just pray that, that I'll share the gospel with every guard and every prisoner and every visitor that I want to share the gospel. So, this is what you and I need to do. Put on the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the gospel of peace, the helmet of salvation, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit. And I promise you, based on the authority of Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 20, the Word of God tells us that this is how we need to do battle in the spiritual life. And all God's people said, did you receive this today? Say amen. Amen. Oh, I love the book of Ephesians. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry that it's over, but uh, Easter's coming, and uh, great things are ahead for us. Because, you know what? Because God is in charge he has big plans for us. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for every person that, that has come. And Lord, I just pray that you would apply these truths to our hearts today. If you realize today, for the first time, you realize that you've never been saved, you've never given Christ your life, you've never put your trust in him, this moment is for you. You can just call on him from your heart. Just say something like this, God, I'm a sinner. And I need a Savior. I believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins. And on the third day, he rose victoriously. I repent. I turn from my sins. And I turn to you, Lord Jesus. Come into my heart. Be my Lord and Savior. Forgive me. I put my trust in you today. I follow you today. Maybe your, your prayer today as a follower of Christ is, Lord, just help me to put on the whole armor of God that I may be able to stand against the evil one. The church, I want ask that you stand. I want to pray for you. As Paul said, pray for him. I want, I want to pray this prayer for you. Heavenly Father, thank you for every person that's come to church today. And uh, I just pray, Heavenly Father, that you would apply these principles, precepts, and truths uh, to our hearts, Lord, so that we can put these into practice starting right now. Help us to be faithful. Help us to be consistent. Help us to be stable. And help us to put on the whole armor of God. Lord, take these closing moments and use them for your glory. Speak to our hearts. In Jesus' name.